0: Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast
1: with Dr. Sammy and friends.
2: Hey folks, welcome back. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. I'm your host, Joe Liu, and today I'm joined with Pastor Lydia, who's a co-founder here at 180 Church, pastor of Transformation, and wife to Dr. Sammy. And today, we're having a conversation regarding spiritual gifting, and I think a lot of us believers and those that are seeking also have a lot of questions about the phenomena and the manifestations of the power of the Holy Spirit, but I think the real question that we're trying to ask and navigate through is, what, for what purpose uh, do these spiritual gifts serve, and like, how do we integrate these in our lives so that we can advance the kingdom of God, um, given the power of the Holy Spirit? And so, I think these are... Uh, really exciting topics, and um, I think it'd be a really great way for us to really incorporate the filling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so, without further ado, here's Dr. Sammy.
0: Dr. Sammy D. Kim is a Harvard-trained ethicist and co-founder of 180 Church NYC. He is a Yale Hastings Scholar at the Yale Interdisciplinary Center for Bioethics and the Hastings Center, where he explores the inequities surrounding health, immigration, and social policies, along with professional burnout. He is also a regular contributor to Christianity Today. For more information, please visit his website at samdkim.com.
3: Yeah, so last week we explored the phenomenon of of interest, and that was the day of Pentecost. And Jesus' description and advice to wait for the day of Pentecost and the Spirit to come and fill the disciples. Today, we'll actually explore in greater detail that phenomenon of Pentecost, and in Acts chapter 2, as the phenomenon takes place. And we know in the broader culture, Pentecost, or the word Pentecostal, which represents a spiritual dimension and bent of denominations that emphasize um, the, the person and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, this has been pretty prevalent in culture. We've seen the charismatic movement. We've seen TV, TBN, and many other stations that show, in some sense, a flamboyant spirituality. And Pentecostals are known to speak in tongues. And for a few years ago, when Benny Hinn's ministry was pretty paramount and prominent, uh, they had parody videos of bodies hitting the floor. What the culture would describe as odd manifestations and now, some manifestations are, are, are by the Spirit, and some are not. But this humor, the mockery of the oddities, sort of related to this dimension of Pentecost and Pentecostals, needs to be addressed. Both for the people in watching this that are seasoned believers, that experience a season of Spirit renewal in their lives, or just new believers, in general and that's what we want to explore today pretty carefully to really look at the phenomenon and what we'll learn is that the move and the purpose of the spirit what we really need to pay attention to and I get distracted by the flamboyancy because like any gifts any good thing it can be abused And if you really want to look at church history, the Book of Corinth, which is the first New Testament book ever written around 50 A.D. by Apostle Paul, addresses those type of flamboyant abuses of spiritual gifts and the movement of the Spirit. And just because there are human beings (laughs) being used by God and manifesting these things, sometimes it can become a circus. And that's okay, because the church was in its infancy and immaturity. But today, rather than being distracted by the what? Pay attention to the why. Why does the Spirit come in this type of phenomenon or manifestation? And not what is that or why does that happen, but what is the purpose? The why rather than the what? And that's what I want to focus on. Answering the question, what is the actual purpose of the filling of the Spirit? Not just what you see, But what does it accomplish? What is God's purpose? So let's go to the text and learn that and excavate exegetically what the passage actually teaches rather than what we've seen here and now optically. Let's go back then and there and excavate, rooted from the text, the very phenomenon of the filling of the Holy Spirit and its role.
1: Hi there. Today's scripture is from the books of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 17 and 21. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. The last day, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's the word of the Lord. Amen.
3: So we asked a question based on Acts 2. What is the purpose? What is the actual purpose of the filling of the Holy Spirit? The first lesson we should learn is what the feeling of the Holy Spirit is not. And the purpose is not at all mystical, but rather deeply practical. A lot of times when we come to the day of Pentecost, or even focus on the Pentecostals, we get sidetracked by the phenomenon. And the phenomenon seems, out of cultural context, could seem bizarre and strange. And a lot of times, this is true, a lot of people who focus on this prominent move of the Spirit transport that type of phenomenon in strangeness. But I want to show you directly from the source then and there that if you contextually look at what is happening, it is actually not mystical or bizarre at all. It actually makes a lot of sense. And then you go, yeah, yeah, so let's look at the text. So and you say, "Well, in verse three, why tongues of fire?" <laughs> that seems strange, and incredulous and bizarre. And here it is. But is it really? If you look at the context, very clearly, the Bay of Pentecost, historically, was been all. The, the cultural Jews, all Jews gathering in Jerusalem to celebrate Passover, the beginning of it, who spoke in many different languages, all parts of the world gathered in one place. So, if you look at verse three, why tongues of fire? And we'll read the text in a minute, but it's simple because God wanted to speak to every culture in their native language to display and speak to every culture primitively in their native tongue very clearly the good news of the gospel and because they were gathered in one place tongues of fire or the anointing god empowering the early church the 120 in the upper room to speak in that language is not bizarre it's actually strategic missionally strategic look at that it's very practical it was genius prodigious in many ways because then the people who experience the gospel in their own language would have to wonder why they could hear because they knew that the Galileans were not scholars were not educated they never left the fishing ports of Galilee and Nazareth they were not educated men and there was no way they could have known the remote languages of that time so if you really contextually think about it the tongues of fire was meant to be interpretation of a cultural context where the gospel could be presented and so in verse 3 look at the description and the phenomenon again when they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire and look the physician used the a character what seemed to be tongues of fire. Not necessarily that that actually what it was. But the phenomenon expressed through the lens of human experience seemed like tongues of fire. But if you think about the context, to speak in that language makes a lot of sense. And all of them were filled with the Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And then verse five is the key. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. You see that? That right there, very clearly, was about pragmatism, empowering the early church to begin to tell the good news missionally of the gospel. And if you really think about it clearly and contextually and critically, God did all the work in many ways here. They just had to receive the empowering, right? Because God brought the people strategically on the day of Pentecost. Jesus told them to go to the upper room and wait. And the confluence of those two things positionally led to the most historical event in church history where the gospel movement begins. And the ecclesia, the church, begins with 3,000 converts in a single day of all the Jews under all the nations of the world. That's powerful. So that's the teaching part. And so let me just share with you my experiences who someone who's been filled by the Holy Spirit and who still is being filled every day to be a what? A witness, a martyr for the gospel. I remember in high school, um, I really got into the imbalance part of the work of the Spirit. And I remember I almost failed my senior year English final i almost had to go to summer school and everybody you know passed and i passed literally with a 65. <laughs> because i went to a revival that weekend and we were and I, you know you think you're smart and whatever so i just read the cliff notes but the final was on shakespeare's play macbeth and you had to actually quote verbatim quotes from the passages, and honestly, I was lost. And I literally passed with the 65. And that is a good example of sometimes the church today, we get caught up in what we call revival, or meetings of revival that focus on this insular focus of the church being empowered. But yet, how would you be a witness if you fail and don't graduate? I wouldn't be a witness. It would be a, it would be a poor witness. And so there's an imbalance there of how the church sometimes focuses on the filling, but not focus on the application of that filling. You can't just pray in your house and read your Bible for 24 hours a day. The point of the filling is for the people who don't know Jesus. The point is to go out. The point is to be anointed for the sake of mission, to be a witness, as Acts 1.8 says. I mean, I'll tell you a funny story. Just this week, just yesterday, I was praying, and I was filled with Spirit speaking in tongues and journaling, and God was really ministering to my heart, speaking to you guys this week. And I was just, you know, reminiscing, not nostalgia, but all the things that God has done in my life spiritually. And again, I forgot to take out the garbage and recycling, last night because I completely, what, sometimes I forgot that I was supposed to take it out. The practical things, the the few responsibilities I have domestically at the house, I completely lost it. My wife's like, what are you doing? You're supposed to take it out. I'm like, oh, I completely forgot God was ministering to me. Just because God ministers to you in a special phenomenon doesn't mean you you are supposed to live esoterically or in an odd, weird way. It doesn't have an application. And sometimes the imbalance takes place in the church. But if you look then and there, it was very practical, not at all mystical. It was supposed to begin the first real missionary movement that begins in Jerusalem. So I pray the Spirit of God today will let you know today that the filling of the Spirit is not for insularity. It's to be what? Application. It's to be applicable to everyday life so people who are far from God finds Him. Amen. So, first we said What the the purpose of the filling is not, it's not for the sake of mysticism, but what? Deeply rooted in pragmatism. Not all mystical, but deeply practical. To help people who are far from God, hear and experience the power and the good news of the Gospel. Secondly, the purpose is to increase boldness and shrewdness. To translate the gospel to culture critically and clearly because if you look at the phenomenon in Acts 2 many were amazed but some were also perplexed to be hearing 9 in the morning people speaking in this way and what let's look at the text and they make fun of them In verse 12, Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Verse 13, Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. You see, right then and there, the Spirit of God moved. It was, it was a phenomenon and it was a miracle. But it tells you something about miracles. It could be completely God's work. And it could be completely something implausible that only God can do, and people still can explain it away. So, for those of you thinking that all God needs to do is another miracle in my life to make me believe, that's not true. That's why God sends people through the power of incarnation to embody the witness. But look what happens because this, because Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit, the post-Pentecostal Peter. The post-filled Apostle Peter is a very different person. Look at verse 14. Then Peter stood up, up to the eleven, with the eleven, and raised his voice and expressed, addressed the crowd, fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain to you, listen carefully to what I have to say, These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It is only nine in the morning. Peter was funny there. In shrewd, he literally answers the objections. No, this is what's spoken by the prophet Joel. He goes into the cultural context of the Jews, and they knew the Bible in the Old Testament. So he quotes Joel and says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Holy Spirit on all people, and your sons and daughters will prophesy your young men will see visions and your own men will dream dreams Peter who was a Galilean who could not have spoken in any native languages in the Roman Empire was filled with the spirit and you can see very clearly he was filled both with boldness even though a few chapters before in his story he denied Jesus, but he got up, and the Spirit filled him, and there was a unction, the old timers, old hymn writers, and old preachers talk about, an unction, a boldness that came to him, and a mental acumen and clarity that came to his mind, in he quote scripture. And that's true, the Holy Spirit, at the time when we need to give witness, and were sometimes under persecution, or under scrutiny, or cynicism, or even antagonism. There be, there comes a clarity of mind in boldness and sureness. He makes that joke to bring some levity. Right? It's nine in the morning. What are you talking about? They're not drunk. They are filled, though, with the Spirit. And so, opposed to what seems even counterintuitive, they are, they are, in a sense, possessed and drunk in the spirit. Yet, the manifestation, their behavior, the result is not drunkenness, but literally clarity and mental, tremendous pristine and mental clarity. Pristine clarity. Helps. And he's able to translate the gospel to its culture, to its day, with critical insight and clarity. And so some of you might say, well, you know, I don't know what to say. And Jesus says in John, the book of John, that you do not need to worry what you will say in the hour when people scrutinize you for your faith. For the Holy Spirit will give you the words. You see, again, it has to do with something very practical, not too mystical. The feeling, the phenomenon can seem that way. But when you translate it it's actually very very practical rooted in reality and rooted to reach people who are lost for lost um, and far from god the thrust is incredibly based on reality and the need of the moment i experienced this in my life i told you i shared with you a couple of weeks ago the first time i spoke when i was 15 16 years old to that youth gathering I stumbled and tripped over the wires and began to speak his name. And the Holy Spirit told me, whispered to my heart, I am with you. And many people came to Christ. A boldness and a shrewdness comes. And I experienced this in 180 when I preached the gospel now over for a decade. Many people with incredible cynicism, sometimes even atheistic and antagonistic, saying that the most frequent motif is, this makes sense. You know, that's my prayer when I preach the gospel, of one eighty to you today, that it would make sense to the cultural context and even visceral context one someone's life. This even happens sometimes when I write. I pray for the filling of the Spirit so that those in the secular audience, even recently, for the last few years, God's sent me to the elites to the Ivy Tower. And my recent piece about loneliness drew national attention in the Christian world and the secular world. Harvard not only shared my piece, Harvard Medical School summed it up and they quoted the Trinitarian vision of God as a determinant to fight loneliness and mental illness and suicide ideation in all their social channels, in the writing. Why? Because the Spirit of God gave me shrewdness and boldness. And it's not something I even sent them. This is something they discovered on their own and found on their own. And it became a legitimate argument. The church, the ecclesia, the community of faith could become a one of effective determinant against mental illness, against loneliness, adding value, speaking to the culture in the moment. That's powerful. It's practical, not mystical at all. Those of you listening to me in your own field in medicine, in engineering, you're like, what can God do through me? You can translate the gospel with boldness and shrewdness where you are. And it will change people's lives.
0: Before the before we prayed, we were you and I just like to recap a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um we were talking about, we are having a follow-up talk from the last podcast. Because um, last podcast, we were talking about the Great Commission, right? About sharing the gospel yeah. and the role of the spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, and being mentored by the spirit. And actually in the middle of it, not even, maybe like t- uh, one third into it, you actually uh, experience the filling of the spirit. And you had not experienced it this powerfully before. And you were a little bit at a loss, right? We were all, yeah. I mean, we, none of us really expected it. Um, But so we were kind of navigating through it. Um, I'll let you explain a little bit, but just to kind of give context, you felt a tremendous peace that you had never felt before. And it was mm. so transcending. you couldn't really explain why, other than that it felt, you said it felt amazing. Um, yeah. And you were, I remember you were saying, I don't know where my anxieties and my worries went.
4: Mm.
0: <laughs> and you were actually wondering, is this okay to feel right. this way? Um, so, and yes, that's the feeling of the spirit. And, um, you know, it's like so perfect that perfect timing because this message on sunday was about the the purpose of why the spirit fills us and the purpose Mm. of the gift
4: Mm -hmm.
0: and that it always um the work of god always leads to the mission of god that the filling of the spirit must always lead to that and not Mm. in its flamboyancy or even in just trying to discover it or chased it but and as we were following up a little bit joe is actually sharing some powerful things about what happened on that day after podcast so joe you want to just kind of start from there
2: sure yeah or anywhere Um, you want
0: but Mm
2: -hmm. okay uh so after the really like uh I'm gonna phrase it as bizarre, but I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like is so out of the ordinary of I think the like limited understanding I had of maybe what transcendence or um, being filled by the Holy Spirit might have looked like at the time. Um, but I think w- when we we're discussing about subplots and uh, how we can be coachable uh, by the Holy Spirit so that we can be empowered to do mission, I think. Um, there was definitely an element of something that supernaturally uplifted my emotions and my feelings, like whatever anxiety or restlessness that I was wrestling with throughout that day was just eliminated in the middle of our conversation. Um, and I was definitely like pretty speechless because I didn't really understand what I think was going on, but you know, I think having a conversation with you about it in real time on the podcast was incredibly helpful. Cause like when I, I took a walk after our podcast session, just to like understand or try to think about uh, what was going on. And I felt very like tangibly that uh, during our podcast session or towards the end that there was, there were a lot of affirmations and waves of like um, what I felt was like acceptance of who I am and uh, it just felt like a really personal conversation I had with God in regards to affirming uh, me mm-hmm. and my direction. And so uh, when I went on this walk, uh, I was definitely filled with, uh, I don't know if reverie is the right word, but it was just like I was just uh-huh. amazed and like awed. Um, uh-huh. I just couldn't really put two and two together to figure out like why someone might like me would be walking in this amazing life that I just could not expect. Like how, how did all this come together? And I was just like, I guess fumbling mm-hmm. through those thoughts and I uh, felt like the proper thing or like what I wanted to do in that, I guess in that mental and emotional state was to accept what I think was God's calling for me. Um, and I think mm-hmm. I always kind of knew that um i had this call in the back of my mind but i was i was always just like kind of like one step in one step out because or one mm-hmm. foot in one foot out um because i was scared to like fully embrace uh mm. the implications of it cuz i think i i think like my life in like really short terms and in a in a small summary is like is has always been brimming with hope and i don't really know why and why i'm so mm-hmm. attracted to that idea Um, but I think I was kind of talked to earlier in my life about how it seems like one of the things that God wants to do with my life is to be a spokesperson for hope, um, for Mm -hmm. others because of the incredible amount of hope that my life has been given, uh, based off the circumstances of, you know, my birth when I was like supposed to die and stuff like that. And so like there's always been this motif. Um, and I think I was afraid to accept that this is like a huge, Part of my life. So,
4: Mm.
2: you know, I had a heart to heart with the Lord for a good hour or two. And, um, Mm. I I feel like I came to a place of accepting that this is the walk of life that God wants me to embark on. Um,
4: Mm.
2: so yeah, Uh it was, uh, oh, thanks. Mm. I, well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of scary. I'll be honest.
4: (laughs) Uh
2: Um, but yeah, that's basically what happened.
0: You know, um, if people know you and if people have been listening to our podcast, might notice this, um, what I'm noticing, which is you're personalizing the Lord and your, um, and what God is doing and who he is more intimately than you used to always kind of speak of things in a very detached, like, I know you love the Lord, and I don't believe this is the first time you've been filled by the Spirit. I know that this time, the filling is purposeful, and it is full for the purpose of God wanting to commission you and affirm you of your calling. But I don't believe it's the first time, because I do believe that the Spirit lived in you, and mm-hmm. lives in mm-hmm. you, and has been leading your life um, as you followed Him. So, but... You've always kind of, okay, you've always kind of detached maybe two feet apart from what's at hand. Mm -hmm. And not only out of reverence, majorly, I think out of reverence for the greatness of who God is and what God is doing and what He could do, but also out of, um, like, uh, I don't know, this, this, this caution of, you know what? I'm not sure how personal I should make that statement or how personal I should be about mm. God working in my life or, you know? But mm. what I noticed is since that, that, well, one week ago, you are almost like claiming and affirming of who the Lord is, what the Lord is doing, and that mm-hmm. there's a, there's a sense of like closeness and intimacy, I think, even as you're speaking and as you're verbalizing, but also I think you yourself may be embracing your relationship, mm. and his calling for you. So it, it's like the two feet that were always kind of there apart yeah. seems to have bridged. The gap seems to have bridged. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think I didn't pick, it up, pick up on that at first until you mentioned it, but um, now that you mm-hmm. mention it. Um, yeah, I think I was just kind of scared to make myself available to god i think i think um Mm -hmm. like it's like a strange imposter syndrome because i didn't really believe Mm -hmm. in myself or yeah yeah, i didn't really Mm -hmm. think that like my life was important enough for god to use um -hmm. so i don't know yeah i think you're right i think something lifted because you know i i you're i think you're correct in saying that i don't usually um I, I feel like usually I skirt around talking about God. Like I'll just kind of, you know, um uh-huh. like talk about God, but not, you know, like talk with or talk like, what's the best way to say <laughs> this? Uh, yeah. Not just talk with, but like have like, like a personal conversation with other people, even believers about like my mm-hmm. relationship with God. Like, I don't think I mm-hmm. had that claim to my relationship with God like you were saying
0: Mm. you know it's so powerful and so aligned to the teaching on Sunday um, for a remote service about how um, you know we could talk about the whole you know flamboyancy as a part but not as a whole but as a part but the role of the spirit I mean what he really does and why he does it is so that in the midst of scrutiny and persecution, even discouragement or even from cynicism of the world that we live in as we express Jesus and our relationship and who he is uh, and his good news, there's a clarity and a shrewdness that comes and mm-hmm. um I I feel like that affirmation of the embracing of you know what the Lord is he is good to me he is alive the sense that he is in the room and that you are in the room with him seems so much clearer and i definitely sense that confidence and hear it i hear the confidence and um i i know for a fact that is the work of the spirit because i remember you said last week on the podcast you said it feels very affirming like god is really affirming me
4: yeah you know Mm -hmm. so
0: And I know Sam mentioned um, the example of Apostle Peter. Before he was Apostle Peter, um, he was afraid and he betrayed Christ and he actually distanced himself from Christ and betrayed him, right? Mm. But even in his, um, when he was restored back and as he was filled with the spirit, restored and filled with the spirit, he became the rock, (laughs) literally the rock that Mm. cannot, be broken the church was built on this rock so how he changes in his uh, context was so powerful to see but i see hmm. that change um you know and i think it's important to say just because we pick a disciple or a person you know, to talk about in scripture, it doesn't mean that the experience will be identical because how the Mm -hmm. spirit works and how he reveals himself and how he um, unfolds the work of God on earth really is always biblical, but not identical to how like someone might say, Oh, I relate to the personality of Peter. So that's probably Mm -hmm. how he's going to work in me, but that's not always the case because that is, very dynamic by his spirit, how he—I wouldn't want to say he fits in to our scenario, but he understands the context so well mm. of um, who we are and where we are and what times we live in and who we're speaking to, and um, what situation we're in. So the Holy Spirit is very personal and dynamic. So yeah, there's a change, and I'm—I'm I'm sure. I'm sure that (laughs) you will see more of his um, work unfold in you. I'm Mm. sure of it.
2: Uh, Yeah, I'm excited, but also scared. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I thank you, Pilate. It was really helpful, I think, last week in our conversation when you mentioned how sometimes triple-checking our subplots are not just to see if there's anything inherently wrong Mm
4: -hmm. with
2: ourselves and like our subplots, but it's also a measure by which we can check, you know, where our relationship with God is and like if
4: Mm -hmm. we
2: are in, you know, relationship with Him. And so I think that was really helpful because I think I, it's, it's just, it's really easy to just like doubt yourself, right? And so, Mm
4: -hmm.
2: um, I think whatever broke free that day, I still feel the trickle of it and I'm sure Mm -hmm. it's going to lead to, more incredible things because you know I can only say how incredible things are so far. So it's like more things is like wow well, I don't I don't know what to expect.
0: Yeah. Well clarity I think is such an amazing gift
2: that God mm.
4: brings. Mm.
0: Things are so foggy down here, you know? Yeah. What we decide to do becomes foggy. What we set up to do um becomes foggy. Sometimes what we're working hard towards becomes foggy. Mm. why we do it so the clarity of the spirit but the filling of the spirit is such a powerful gift for the world that we live in
2: mm, to live
0: yeah. effectively right such an empowerment this
2: mm. is i guess uh this is just like a question regarding gifts clarity is uh considered one of the gifts of the spirit like uh among the other I think
0: it's, it's a manifestation of, of the spirit filling Because it goes from Mm. our own fears and like our own cowardice or even timidness, right? Timidity, but which is not of the Lord. But the spirit, when he fills, there's a boldness that comes and there is a clarity of shrewdness that comes. And Mm. so it's a manifestation of the filling. It's the fact that God is with us and he's working through us. That's why yeah. I love when Sam said, um, you know, God, so for some of you, you're looking for another miracle to believe in Christ. Another one will kind of set it on stone for me. A lot, um, a lot of people speak that way. But another miracle will also make could will make us forget what he has done. But yeah. instead of miracles, God sends people by the empowering and the filling of the Spirit then mm. it is god himself who shows up with the person filled by him so that person showing up filled by the spirit will show up in the clarity and the shrewdness of of god and make god making himself clear and clearer to others mm. so it's a manifestation more than a gift i would say
2: yeah right right that that makes a lot of sense with what dr samuel was saying cuz it seemed like One of the elements that I'm I'm totally guilty of this because like I feel like this is just what I tend to do is like when we observe supernatural or phenomenological things, it's easy to just kind of like rationalize it away, right? Because it's like Mm
4: -hmm.
2: it's beyond reason. Like if I don't understand it, it must not be real. Like that kind of Mm -hmm. train of thought might enter, but it's like we can see that through Peter when he when he was there on the day of Pentecost with the other Jews. It was through him that God made it clear his presence and his work through like debunking any rationalizations. Um, and just making mm-hmm. it clear that, you know, that there's like absolutely like this is like an absolutely clear sign that this is one of the ways in which the Holy Spirit is presenting a case for it. Yeah. So
0: exactly making the gospel presentation very clear. Mm. Um, also in people's native language,
4: languages,
0: which is also powerful. And I also Mm. love the uh, way that it's kind of a drunkenness, but um, not with, not uh, what did he say? Not like with the dreariness that comes with drunkenness,
4: Mm.
0: but with clarity. Because you are, in a sense, being filled, and he even used the word possessed by the spirit. You're being Mm. led by him, right? So you're being filled to be led by him and to speak in his behalf. Um, But it is nothing, like the distinction that it is not like being drunk in the spirit. Because Mm. I think that's important to say because a lot of people could come from different experiences of the gift and the work of the spirit and the filling of the spirit. And a lot of times, filling of the spirit or experience experiencing the spirit becomes an end and not a means to the end which is the mission right and oftentimes it will kind of become the therapeutic the filling of the spirit would be what people would chase and the and the more I mean, he used the word flamboyant because it's actually a really good word. There are so many extremes of how the spirit, um, how it may look like. But by the fruit, we will know whether it's the spirit or not. And we know that by mm. fruit, that it will always measure to um, increasing the work of God's kingdom, mm. specifically sharing the gospel. So, yeah.
2: Mm, I see.
0: And so that, because
2: yeah, uh-huh. oh no, please continue. I was just going to continue that thought.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say that that's why um following up was important. I felt because I had no doubt because I spoke with you and um one of the gifts of the spirit, but also um one of the things that why we need to know the word is to know that it has to be biblical, right? But one of the gifts is discernment is mm. important because you have to discern this what spirit it is. And now I'm not talking about, is it the spirit of pride or the spirit of anger? I'm not talking about those p- specific spirits, but and they do exist, but discerning of spirits, whether it is God, the enemy, or flesh, right? Mm. And I knew for certain that it was the work of the spirit because there was an unleashing there was an affirming and you said that people, this feels amazing. I remember you said that mm. and I've heard that so much in the context of people being filled, but I've also seen it not go anywhere, but mm. it's just one filling after another. It's kind of like, I hope this doesn't offend anyone, but it often, it's like, you go to one bar to another to get, a, uh, e- you know, you know what I mean? To get a couple um, drinks. Yeah. Yeah, like bar hopping so that you yeah, could experience hopping. it. Yeah. And a lot of times it becomes that to the point where a gospel presentation almost becomes so faint, if at all existent. Mm. Um because it becomes so um it becomes insular. It becomes so insular right. mm. that it becomes unrecognizable and on Uh, It lacks interpretation and actually turns a lot of people away and, you know, from the gospel, Mm. from different secular backgrounds. I mean, Mm. there are like you described it as bizarre because to you in your context, it's the first time you experienced it this powerfully, like this Mm -hmm. viscerally and powerfully. And um, your existential experience would describe it as bizarre. And that mm. makes sense right because they just in, in the book of Acts they describe it as tongues of fire not necessarily that there was fire but it right. seemed like tongues of fire or it looked like drunkenness until mm. um people really heard what they were saying that it was actually the gospel uh the words of God you know mm. so yeah
2: I see so it's it it sounds like to me that if when we like kind of uh, I guess ask or request of these gifts from the spirit and uh, the filling of the spirit, and when it's not channeled in a in the practical way that God wants to use it for mission, it almost has the opposite effect of presenting mission in a clear, contextual way. It it almost seems like it does the opposite, where it kind of muddles and makes it yeah. makes the presentation of the gospel seem almost like foreign or. Um, like hard to decipher,
0: exactly. It becomes mm-hmm. a very poor like a misrepresentation of the gospel,
2: right, uh, right.
0: and then the, there's you know there's that the extreme um, cases of just the spiritual experiences. but you know, Sam talked about practical experiences, giving his own mm-hmm. of you know not doing so well in his high school final because of a revival that he attended he's completely uh, for you know not for god but i think he chose to not care about the exam or not taking out the garbage last week mm. you know things like that i think a lot of times in the church it's like one or the other there's that you know like choose god and not don't study there's also that um You know, abuse is a harsh word, but a lot of times there is is that inclination, right? You know, Mm. you have to choose God first. But truth is, we have to really look at that. Um, If we uh, neglect the practical things of life, what kind of witness Mm. does that bear? And I think that's a lens we have to cultivate you know, for ourselves and also a discipline to cultivate for ourselves to be, mm. you know, excellent. Not that I want to go into the whole excellence thing. We've talked about it before and, mm. you know, part of messages, but I think that's important. And I think just a example is, you know, now that we are quarantined and, you know, we're eating and cooking in the home a lot. So like when Sam didn't take out the garbage, this is not at all like, Oh, Sam, you're so messed up. No, he's not messed up. But actually, when he didn't take the garbage out, I came downstairs. I mean, of course, it's like all fun and jokes. But I was like, hi, did you take the garbage out? And he was like, oh, I forgot. And it was like the one day they were on time. Like this whole 10 weeks, they were not on time. because They were on a different <laughs> schedule, but they were gone. Yeah. So I was like, oh, man, so we have these, and it was a recycle day. That's really why. So we have all these cans oh, and bottles yeah. and, you know, and it was kind of just, like, bundled up in the kitchen and, like, creating a huge block <laughs> every time we had to walk through. And I was like, oh, man, why didn't you? D-? Like, I'm, like, I wasn't, like, trying to nap, but I was like, oh, man, this kind of sucks, like, if if he doesn't do his part others hurt as a result right if we don't do what we're responsible for it actually hurts others so Mm -hmm. this mentality of do one um but not the other you know go to the revival you should pray but um don't worry god will give you the answers to your quiz like there's a lot of abuse of those things, like stories that yeah. God gave me the pages of the you know medical exam in my vision and all I had. Like, I hear so many stories like that and I passed hmm. as a result. But I'm like, is he going to give you the pages visually every time you are in seeing a patient
2: or in surgery? Yeah, I, like, I, I can <laughs> confirm that has never happened to me while I took an exam. <laughs> yeah
0: so although it sounds amazing it sounds yeah. fabulous god can do all that anytime he wants but we have to do our due d- diligence
2: on earth right. right it seems like there's like a necessary convergence like our benefit of receiving the feeling of the holy spirit and these spiritual gifts are not to puff ourselves up but it's it is for the sake of others that this gift is even presented.
4: Yeah,
0: mm. I mean, the whole purpose or the whole, um, what is it, the conforming, not of the world, but becoming like Christ for the sake of others, um, mm. being a disciple of Christ, not just the presentation of mission, but the mm. everyday life is really for, yes, because we have received this amazing love and grace and the gift of the Spirit. But it is really for the mission of God, which really mm. means for the sake of others. So it's so important, I think. Mm. I mean the Bible says, you know, don't it to love to love others well is so right. important.
2: Yeah. It seems like yeah. these gifts certainly do have a function in being like like an integral part of the the great commission that God has in mind for us. And I guess like some of the questions I wanted to present to you, because like regarding the first point where Dr. Sammy mentions that um, these gifts and like these uh, phenomena that arise from the Holy spirit, they're not just mystical experiences, but they have a practical Mm -hmm. purpose. And Mm -hmm. I I guess I was just kind of two questions really. I guess it's like when we do identify these spiritual gifts, right. And I guess like one of my questions would be like, how do we identify those? And then, cause mm-hmm. I, I think regarding our conversation last week, I probably wouldn't have been able to identify that this was something that was the work of the Holy spirit. Had I been alone, it was through your guidance mm-hmm. and through conversation that I was able to, you know, pick up on that. Cause otherwise I could have just chalked it up to, Oh, it was just, I guess I was just feeling great that day or something like that, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I guess like the second question, like the first being, how do we identify spiritual gifts? And the second being um is it appropriate to if we do identify the spiritual gifts is the next appropriate question what is god asking me to do as a result of Uh these Uh phenomena
0: Uh uh-huh well the first i'll answer the first after the second the second question about the spiritual gift um the bible makes it very clear that god gives it to us as the spirit wills it so he designs which gift we get because he knows mm-hmm. us best and our context, and when he gives us the gift, it is always to edify and mm-hmm. edify the church to build up the church, and mm-hmm. it, um, except for the exception of tongues, because it actually says just like in Acts, like um, when people speak in tongues, people an unbeliever unbeliever will be like what is that? How is that even possible? And as a result, we'll believe in God. (laughs) I mean, the Bible talks about that because that actually happened um, um, in the churches, but Mm. in the first century church. But yeah, it is always to edify. It is always for the sake of others. So it's unlike an Amazon package you would get. And it's like, yay, it's all for me, you know? But it's like, if you get a new outfit, Or if you get a new bookcase. I've (laughs) been ordering like several things on Amazon. What else? (laughs) Or you get a, I don't know, a bunch of stuff. It's not so that you're, you, it benefits you in the end only. But the gifts of the spirit ultimately benefits others.
4: Mm. So
0: you might feel good for having that gift. You know, because. It is, in a sense, very special, but that receiving of something special is always so that it is for others to benefit Mm -hmm. and to build up. Edify meaning to build up the church. So whether it is the mission to build up the church or to encourage others so that they could do the work of God's um, kingdom, work of God's mission, um, to discern so that others would not struggle in confusion. So that they could live fully for the mission of God so it is always to build up
4: mm-hmm.
0: and uh first question can you can you just rephrase that for me
4: again
2: yeah uh, I guess uh, it was kind of like um how can we identify like oh, moments good. where the Holy Spirit fills us or uh, like gifts us these spiritual gifts um
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah that was the general gist of the question
0: yeah so I think what you said about um how if you had been if you had been filled or experienced the Holy Spirit apart from uh, me and Henry being there, Henry, so he's silently here um <laughs> technically putting all this together as we speak, but um you would have just kind of thought, oh, okay, I guess that was just a good day it was uh it was nice. Yeah. But because we were there, you had witness and also a context to kind of understand what had happened to you, right? Mm-hmm. And I would, I would even say, in a sense, like last message, um, be mentored by the spirit and of the spirit, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I think that's the key. The thing is, there, uh, there, before I say things like, oh, you know, there are, booklets and there are books and there are I mean of course there's scripture but I'm talking about supplementary there are spiritual gift tests and mm-hmm. the why they exist I believe is because when we are up op- we could be operating in our best self and in our gift and not really be aware of it. Yeah right but when we become aware of it not only will we be able to dynamically others for the kingdom of God. Um, but we will be able to do it even more effectively, right? So what these exams do, I mean, not they're not exams. They're like spiritual gifts tests. What they will do yeah. is, because the awareness is lacking so much, mm. you could kind of in a context answer questions of how you would respond and how you're wired.
4: So yeah, it's like not really test.
0: talking... Yeah, kind of like a personality test, but it's Mm -hmm. really about how are things manifested, but not in those words, but like, how was, how do you feel when you come from in hindsight, they don't say in hindsight, but when you were in the situation, what did you feel inclined to?
4: Interesting.
0: Not so much, what will you do? Like some of it are like, some of it is like that, but it's really creating an awareness to um, understand that there's more to how you operate in a mm. community context than just you and your great personality and your great mood. Mm. So having said that, I think community is such a great um, tool um, and also framework um, and spirit uses people. So being surrounded, and I mentioned last week, but being mentored in the spirit, it's, Community is such a great tool for that. And to do it apart from that, I would discourage it completely. But mm. to do it in community, you learn through encouragement of others, through exposure of places you might not have been aware of. Mm. Um, through prayer, you can actually activate those gifts. And, you know, Paul prays, stand into flames, the gifts of the spirit. I also believe that as context changes, that different mm. gifts are actually activated that had not been in use before.
2: Mm, I see. Yeah. So so are you are you maybe saying that there are different ways that these gifts present themselves given the context? Like, for example, I guess one of the things I've been thinking a lot about because of the sermon is that there are there are like these distinct moments that I remember where I feel like I'm saying something really important or profound. Mm. Um, And it could be with like my school friends or with, you know, church friends or anybody really. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I would just know, I I had the feeling that, you know, people are like really listening to what I have to say for some reason, but like, I would completely Mm -hmm. forget what I, what I just said. Like Mm. if anybody had asked me, what did you just say? I'd be like, mm-hmm. I have no clue. Um, and so it's like, is this is this kind of like one of the, I, I guess this is kind of a forward way of asking, but it's just like maybe one of the ways that I'm presenting a a gift of the spirit that I'm just not aware of or like.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The spirit works very dynamically, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And if you do that um, more often, Um, you'll probably notice that God is speaking something very important to Mm -hmm. someone in the room and really illuminating who God is. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, like, awareness is important. But at the same time, I think I can't really say that I'm always aware, like you said. Like, you say it and you forget.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: Like, oh, I guess that was God. And, you know, you could credit to him, but it's... Kind of impossible to know every moment yeah. or to grow in that kind of awareness. Mm. I mean, you know, in my experience, that has been the case.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. I guess, <laughs> yeah. I guess that's why it's really important that like there are others around us that can either confirm or, you know, like
4: mm-hmm.
2: not not confirm whether that seemed like something the Holy Spirit was doing.
0: Yeah. Also, I think just affirmation of like, hey, you know, when you said that, that really spoke to me because, but I'll tell mm. you, like, as a leader, as, you know, someone like you rarely will hear that. So um, being able to know that you're operating in your gift is important, but there's not always confirmation of it if mm. you yourself forget.
4: That's
0: but I think it's a, it's a great gift of encouragement to receive and to grow and sharpening your gifts
4: mm. when
0: you do get that feedback. I remember like one time um just like a really simple example was I said or I did something in some kind of small group setting where I told someone to sit. Like they were kind of like outside of the circle and I just kind of invited the person to kind of sit with us. Uh-huh. And then um I was completely just being playful but i actually told the person hey can you pray as we begin today Mm. and the person i mean to me it didn't look anything like you know like nothing was crazy special or anything but the person prayed but so to me it didn't mean anything like it was Mm. just a normal day you know yeah maybe there was some Of me being nice so that the person felt included, but I don't Mm. know what's going on. But the Bible talks about how the prophetic knows what's going on in the person's heart, that the person speaking prophetically does not know. And it actually says that the gift of prophecy God knows the heart of the person and will reveal that. So it was not revealed Mm. to me per se, but I was speaking prophetically. The person came and said. I was really struggling in my walk with God, and I really um, the struggle was so great that I really felt like maybe this is this is it. But when you invited me to come and sit, and you made me pray, it was the first prayer I had prayed in a long time, and I felt uh, restored to Him. So Whoa. it was it was very significant. So God read mm. that person's heart, despite my unawareness. And mm. he worked and he brought that person back and he edified him, the church, you know. Wow. Oh, and he glorified the father. So yeah, that's kind of like I guess it's it's not always the case, you know, where you actually right. know. But I think that's why awareness is important, but also growing in the word is important. Yeah. Because yeah. I know you have other questions, but I'll say just say this last thing, but, um, cause the spirit never works apart from who God is and who God has been, um, revealed to us through the narrative of scripture. Um, so knowing scripture will help us, um, kind of decipher when we have spoken about something, when we are doing something, that it is aligned to God's ways and His mm. heart, and not apart from
4: it.
2: Mm. So, yeah. So, so I, it seems like what what I what I'm hearing about this is that the way in which the Holy Spirit and God works in tandem through someone can is like for the alignment of what God is doing in, like, the mm. person's heart, right? And I guess um, one of the things I think is, like, really hard for me to think through is, like, whether you know or not that this is something that is fruitful or aligned to God. And I guess I, uh, mm. you know, I think that was a great uh, uh, great statement you just made because, like, I, I, it just kind of, funny enough, aligned with the question I was going to ask. Oh, uh, um, uh-huh. So I, was, I guess it was just kind of because like one of the things that I'm usually worried about when it comes to like uh manifestations of the power of the Holy Spirit is that like I'm just so I'm just usually poised to be pretty skeptical. So mm-hmm. like it's hard for me to recognize maybe like what is fruitful or what is like not aligned and things like that. And I guess I just kind of wanted to ask how you May you, how you might discern those kinds of differences or like what it is that you look for in the, I guess the phenomena or the manifestation that you can like confirm or deny, whether it's like a mm-hmm. work of the spirit.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'll, I guess I'll say this, um, if this kind of answers your question,
4: mm-hmm.
0: it's hard to know. Um, there are times when you will just know by what is said or what is done right? Um, mm. Oh, that's not of God. Sometimes it's very clear because it's just, I'm not talking about so much explicit or explicit behavior. Like there mm. are things that are um, pretty clear and explicitly said in scripture, right? For example, right. like do not get drunk in wine on wine, but be filled by the spirit. That is mm. pretty much an imperative. So, if you know, if they're if you're being drunk in wine or drunk if you're getting drunk while sharing the gospel, that's questionable, right? I'm mm-hmm. not Paul's not talking about, you know, don't have a glass of wine. I mean he actually tells Timothy to have a glass of wine so his mm-hmm. stomach will feel better. He's not against it and the Middle East culture, you know, they drank wine as like a regular drink, right? But yeah, he's not talking about that. He's talking about: Are you don't be influenced by any substance, but be filled by the spirit. So, yeah, so it's something like that. Without quite wondering what's really going on, you know, going on inside. If that's your mission, I'm not saying you, but if that is someone's mission, uh, I don't know, strategy.
4: Yeah. Um.
0: You should you know you should definitely rethink that. Right. Right. You could talk about Christ over over beer, right? But like, know your limit, right? So that you're mm. not all of a sudden venturing into just drunkenness
4: <laughs> yeah, and yeah. kind of
0: forgetting where you're getting at. Yeah. So the mind clarity it, it's very counterintuitive, I would think. But mm. and then there, are, you know, so that's very explicitly clear. But then there's also situations where you don't really know what's happening in a person's journey with Christ. And because it's kind of like they seem all good, but at the same time, some, and again, it's hard to say this because then it's, it's not to be cynical of someone, but I'm just saying there's a broader uh, sense of cases where the story of the person really matters. Mm. Right like what's really going on, what really happened. Um, when people are acting, they seem all fine, but they act strangely and you're just like wondering, oh, that's kind of odd, what, what, what is that? So I think mm. it's not as explicit because it's very implicit and the person might not even be aware that they're doing that, you know? Right. There might be different issues there or a different, it might be lack of knowledge, for example, Mm. of who Christ is and how to live for him. So I think discernment is not always in a one-time, you know, like you got a clarity in the moment, but it's also assessed over time,
4: Mm. you know? Like there's clarity.
2: Oh, sorry, please
0: continue. (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 go ahead.
2: Oh I was gonna i was I guess I was just gonna like interject about like so it's not just like a moment of clarity even really, but it's like clear throughout like maybe this person's behavior or um like it, like the evidence and the clarity is just kind of like present not just for a single moment but like throughout a duration yeah
0: yeah and it might require you know through discernment it might require that the person gets um, extra help, you know, talking through mm. some of their story parts, you know. Yeah. So it, it, it could vary. It's, so it's not always, like, black and white. Mm. So, but again, the Holy Spirit is very personal in the way that he ministers to people. He does heal emotional, um, you know, emotional wounds and traumas in people's hearts to empower them mm. to live fully the mission of life that they're meant for. So there is that process. So, hmm. yeah, I would say it's not so black and white per se.
2: Right. But it seems like one of like some of the things that where you can kind of identify whether it's aligned or not is like through clarity of scripture and like the clarity that is presented in a person's life after the fact of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit.
0: Oh, yes. um, Yeah but not always in the context of being filled by, right.
4: You're talking yeah.
0: about, are you always talking about in the context of being filled by the spirit or like no. someone living their life, believing it is the spirit, but actually it wasn't the spirit or it was themselves.
2: You're um, just generally
0: well, speaking. Right? Yeah, I
2: guess. Yeah. I'm generally speaking. Cause I think it's kind of like those two things are not necessarily separate. It's like, Mm-hmm. If we are being filled by the spirit every day or trying to be filled by the spirit um, on a regular basis, then it's kind of like our lives should well, not should. But, you know, our lives would appear to be aligned
5: and mm-hmm. clearly
2: uh, like a like a product of the gospel, not a product, but, you know, like like the gospel like were... work is present. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I would say, you know, I think the word that's often used is there's has. To be some kind of vibrancy of christ and love for christ mm. and it's not just word of mouth like saying oh i love god i love god but there has to be in a sense a work of god a vibrancy of the work of god showing through mm. some way or another um to say that it's that there are exceptions of people you wouldn't know at all, I would think that's not biblical because the Bible makes it very clear whether it's implicit, whether the deep races are very implicit or not, that the fruits of the spirit are pretty apparent. So mm-hmm. there has to be some vibrancy of the work of God.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean unless we're talking about there's but yeah there's a whole <laughs> extreme of uh, influence and demonic, but I, I don't think that's the topic today.
2: Right, right. Hmm. I guess um, one of the things that really caught my attention with this sermon is that, like, you know, like, Peter being filled by the Holy Spirit was able to kind of, uh like, debunk and dispel any of, like, the, Distraction and, like, the confusion that, like, people were raising because of uh, the, the I guess, the event of tongues that happened mm-hmm. in that room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, like, one of the things that Dr. Samuel was saying uh, was that, you know, the Holy Spirit works in these cases with clarity um, and shrewdness because these are, like moments by which people and representatives of God and the d- disciples of Christ can uh like create a compelling case right so it's like mm-hmm. but it it wasn't necessarily that they were like peter and the disciples were educated in some way or were like just intellectually gifted to like be mm-hmm. able to do that but it was like through mm-hmm. the spirit speaking to them like almost like a like a megaphone or something like that and they were they were like spokespersons for what the spirit was saying. And I guess I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit because I think that's a little bit, um, uh, in- interesting, but hard to like hard to wrap my mind around because like given the example I shared earlier, it almost feels like that's what might have happened with me in a few cases when i was speaking and not remembering things but i was i guess i just mm-hmm. kind of wanted to understand that a little bit more and it's like despite mm-hmm. our and despite our like i i don't want to say like lack of gifting or anything like that but you know like despite our like shortcomings it's like the holy spirit still gives us these mm-hmm. tools and resources or like just the right words to say in those moments. And like, I guess I wanted to get your thoughts about that. Cause it just seems like, how does that happen?
0: <laughs> well, I guess the way I see it is it, the Holy spirit really set him up to address it because the spirit basically put all things into motion. Right. And so people were being and also manifesting by speaking in different tongues.
4: Mm. Now
0: there's almost like from the outside looking in, it's like a commotion. There was a it was a huge commotion. Right. And so people to the point where it got to the crowd wondering what is going on. Uh, what kind of people are you like drinking at night? You know, like you mm-hmm. know, people were already beginning to kind of get riled up about it because it was so out of the ordinary
4: right
0: and what's so um and in, uh, not interesting but like so empowering is peter wasn't necessarily given new revelation
4: but yeah.
0: he spoke up he was able to speak up about everything he knew it's kind of like he was like no it's 9 a.m of course they're not drunk and so he uh, knew through interpretation. They're speaking um, the the gospel this, of who God is and what God has done and how it applies mm-hmm. to you, basically in everyday, I guess, language. But and then he basically says what he already knows. But there's an unction that comes that lets him know this is the moment. Like you can address this. This is something you already know. So mm-hmm. in First John, it talks about that the anointing will teach you all things
4: hmm. and
0: it's kind of like that. He felt the anointing of Jesus. Like, I know this, I know him. And yeah. this is it, more than like, this is my moment. It was like, I know exactly how to address this because I know the truth of what's happening in this moment, right now. So hmm. he's, he was able to speak into it so hmm. clearly and directly. You know, do you ever like feel mm. like that where you just, you know, I'm not a basketball player, but like, I guess sometimes it's like, oh, I've been watching the, you know, the Michael the Jordan documentary. Yeah, mm. The Last Dance. And I recently finished and this is historical, so it, it's okay. I'm not giving it <laughs> away. I always yeah. think, but there's this game. I think it's like the last jazz, Utah jazz theme game, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like historical, right? I, and because in the last like 40 seconds, oh, am yeah, I might am I choosing the game? You know what? Forget the technical, but there's this one yeah. part where, <laughs> oh, no, no. So it wasn't the last game, but I think it was, it, it really mattered to the fourth quarter. It was like the last part of the fourth quarter of a really important game. Mm-hmm. And Michael Jordan tells Steve Kerr, he goes, he whispers to him, I'm really sorry, basketball fans, if I'm messing this up, but you kind of know where I'm trying to get at. But I'm just uh-huh. trying to explain this one part. But, um, <laughs> so he says well, under his breath, because all this camera attention is always on him about what he's gonna do, right? Like at timeout. Mm. So he says to Steve Kerr, he's like, Steve, like blah, 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 blah. he kind of like tells him, and Steve's like, I just let me know, Michael, I got you. I'll just he like yells it, right? And Steve Kerr's kind of explaining this. And in the game, Michael, like, does this move and he throws – everyone thinks that Michael Jordan is going to get the last shot, as usual. But Uh he, like, turns it around and he gives it to Steve Kerr. And he's like, this is – I know what to do. Like, you can hear him. Mm, He's so
4: (laughs) –
0: so endearing and he makes that shot. But it's kind of like that moment, you know, like, you've been preparing for it and you know and there's a knowing that you've been – you know exactly where to make that shot and how to do it. But mm. it's like when you're given the ball, it's like, I felt like Peter was given the ball and he knew exactly what he had to do. It's like the spirit was like, you know this,
4: speak mm. up, you know? Right. So
0: I kind of look at it like that. Like it's something he's taught. He's been taught and been told by Christ um, mm. who he is, who he you know, what he will do, what this all means that Christ came and died and resurrected. But it was, the ball was thrown to Peter. And as a result, mm. he made that shot, you know? So, yeah, yeah. I'm not really sure about the whole trance and mystical. I- I'm not really sure. But yeah. um it seemed like he really felt that the ball was in his hands, and he wanted to make the shot
2: yeah does it matter to the game yeah i really i really like that analogy not just because i'm a basketball fan but because like that totally (laughs) makes sense because like there was maybe this sense of confidence about Mm -hmm. maybe himself and also his relationship with christ where given the opportunity he like had already the knowledge and like things to say given the situation right it's like almost having the right person at the right time
0: yeah. given the circumstances. Exactly. right? It's like, it, it, like for Peter, it's like, oh, I had the ball and I messed up, but you know what? I'm not going to do that again. And so right. being filled by the spirit, he was like, all right, God, when you throw me the ball, I'm going to go for it. <laughs> you mm, know?
4: Uh, yeah. Man, right. I
0: love that scene in the movie, but I, I don't know. To me, it seems more like that.
4: Mm.
0: Yeah. That
2: makes so. a lot of sense really
0: cool
2: yeah yeah i i guess i was just more or less pretty fascinated about that because it seems like there um i feel like on occasion that would happen to me um Uh and like not necessarily that i had the right things to say perhaps but like to certain people that i'd be speaking to like my friends at school and such it almost Uh felt like Cause like, I don't, I don't know about other people really. And this is just like a very personal thing for me to share, but like, I uh-huh. just, I'm like totally in. I, so I, I'm, I usually engross myself a lot in like just like knowledge or like, um, things regarding morality or like ethics and like, you know, theological uh-huh. things as well. Like, I, I like just like immerse myself in mm. these things sometimes. That I find myself and mm-hmm. I think it's like, almost like i'm trying to prepare for these moments that you Mm -hmm. describe like Mm -hmm. i'm trying to have like all the right information all the right knowledge Mm -hmm. ways to like Mm -hmm. defend the gospel and things like that and it's Mm -hmm. just kind of like it almost resonates with me in that moment when you're talking about like how when steve kerr has the ball he knows exactly what to Mm -hmm. do i guess i've always been like waiting and waiting Mm -hmm. for that all Mm -hmm. that to come together and it's like it, it seems like that's also how you described what is happening to Peter at that moment. So I, it was just like, I guess like I was trying to make a connection of like regarding me. And I know you said it was, it's not necessarily that, you know, the apostles and the disciples lives uh, mirror your own, but like, you know, I think like a part of me did want to see or understand whether that like, this is also, if this is also one of the ways in which the spirit works through myself as an individual. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess it's like, knowing about how the spirit works through you and, and you is like a great tool for self-awareness like you were saying earlier for like understanding like mm-hmm. if you are filled or not or like if you mm-hmm. if, if you are kind of being Stop, spoken like, through or just, yeah like uh-huh. or if you're being spoken through by the holy spirit you know what i mean
0: yeah so having said that yes yeah, like you know it doesn't always uh, identically mirror the apostles just because we re- relate to one or two moments or personalities of the apostles or what yeah but so having said all of that but every everything that has happened to the apostles could also happen now yeah. that's the age of the church right so mm-hmm. because the ministry has been given to us to finish it you know whether we live to mm-hmm. see that finish and the second coming of Christ um, or it will happen in our generation or the next, we don't know, but the mission has been given to us. So, and also having said that, um, so I feel like it's a lot about layering so that it's not always like just that or black and white, but yes, so God can, and it seems like what you're describing is God speaking through you and you're just, in awe of like, oh, something I just said sounded really profound, you know? And Mm. people might say, oh, you have a way of with words or you have a way of understanding something and speaking. I believe that the Holy Spirit would use you that way, you know, whether it's uh, dynamically through timing and the, you know, or just making sense of something logical about scripture or even just stating the things you already know but being expressed through revelation where it actually makes sense to people
4: mm-hmm.
0: yeah so definitely i could definitely see that and god does work that way and why wouldn't right. he work that way through you so yes definitely joe i affirm that god speaks through <laughs> you.
2: <laughs> thank you uh that is really cool though <laughs> that's i guess is mm-hmm, what i was yeah. trying to say like because Cause you know, I think it's really hard to pinpoint, um, some of the things that are the gifts of the spirit or whether it's just like, I guess you're, I guess in my case, like whether it's just like a personality trait or things like that. And I guess it's like, it's really interesting to see when you're living a life that where you're trying to serve the Lord and, um, you know, live your life for Christ. It's like, how do you know, like, what is just you or like how you're being partnered with the Holy Spirit to like advance the kingdom, you know?
0: Mm, yeah. I think that's so true. And I think that's why, um, you know, it goes back to even just the fun examples that Sam talked about, the, taking out the garbage or even showing up for the exam prepared. Those things are so important because the dynamic moments of the spirit to build up the church or even missional moments don't always, it's very dynamic it's not happening hour to hour mm. honestly if it happened hour to hour every single day 24/7 that way where we're just in his presence and kind of receiving these things and being downloaded to us like i honestly don't think that god finds that wise for us in the way that he wired us you know yeah we would burn out but so that's why everyday living and how we live life is also important right Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so yeah, and so, having said that, sometimes it is um, yeah, it could be a little bit ambiguous, like is what I'm doing right now, or how I said that, or you know, how do my actions, how do my words um represent the gospel, even when it is not directly you know? I guess, quoting or speaking the words of Christ, well, I Mm -hmm. think the Spirit fills us to live each day. It's not only for dynamic moments, where it's almost like you're in the moment and you're out, but Mm -hmm. it is everyday living um, and, you know, Bible makes it clear that we've been given everything to live a godly life. Godly Mm -hmm. life every day. So, everyday living, you know. So, I'm not really sure if as much as we want to align to the mission of God. And I think that's the goal because a lot of people would, might do the latter, which is, you know what? If God speaks to me, he'll speak to me. And there's no intentionality, mm-hmm. right? I think these yeah. messages are important because it's bringing up the issue of intentionality. How intentional are you being with the mission mm-hmm. of God?
4: Mm-hmm. Are you
0: really just living through life? Hoping that it might make a mark for the gospel, or are you being intentional about the opportunities, um, you know, and your positionality to really Mm. represent him each day in your life? Because I think the latter will quickly just fade out to a life that hard it'll be I think it's very ambiguous that kind of lack of intentionality about the mission mm. you know yeah. so yeah so mm. I, you know the calling is really to live daily to follow him to carry the cross and to go to the ends of the earth and to follow him and to speak um, of him to share to open our mouth to walk across the room to click on the person's name (laughs) and to actually speak up. You know, something that's really interesting, right? And it's not something we, I'll talk about like everyday living, okay? And Mm. how it comes in with maybe, um, you know, how we live and how that converges. Okay, it's really about how convergence of how we live matters with the proclamation of the gospel, sharing it. But also how mm-hmm. we live matters, and how we do due diligence and live, you know, well, right, to mm-hmm. ultimately present the gospel, the coverages. So, you know, without any like, so I kind of have the insider, um, I guess. What are the scoop? So yesterday, <laughs> Sam preached. So it the the what is it? The service went out, right? Mm-hmm. And in the service, So that's pre-recorded, you know, as everyone knows, like these virtual services are pre-recorded in midweek. So by the time he spoke it, it's okay. So he's, it's played by Sunday. So, you know, I'm listening to it and he's talking about, you know, when I write these articles, that's my prayer. God, fill me. May I write these articles so that it makes sense of you, so that it Mm -hmm. makes sense to people. And a lot of people say that you know
4: yeah
0: he when people read it they're like that makes sense like a lot of times things just don't make sense to me about God but that really made sense and yeah. as a result helps people grow and think about God in a way that they didn't think about God before and draws people closer but anyway so as you know as um, people know he writes for Christianity Today and so the article about so, okay, how do I, okay. Sarvas and, you know, Andrew Rowe, they got married during the pandemic. And mm-hmm. Sam actually wanted to write about it because he felt that it was such a great opportunity to present the gospel of hope in a yeah. time of, you know, pandemic. So I remember mm-hmm. he was like, you know what, I'm going to write about that. So he, he had been writing, so he was already prepared. He had written a, a, the account of it and also God's perspective on it and mm. just the details that unfolded, which were really cool. It K- talks about prophecy and you know how gifts of the spirit operated. It's really well written. And um he got no notice right after service ended that they were going to publish it on Monday, which is today, because so that's when we record yeah. we record on mm-hmm. Monday. So anyway, so one of so it's a story of uh, of a couple and their names are important. Well, actually, Starbust's <laughs> name is important.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Andrew's important too, but... So it's uh, Starbust and Andrew Rowe. And Starbust, actually, her name means... I always I- I asked her once, I said, Oh, how come your name is Starbust? It's really pretty, but what does the name mean? And she told me, Oh, it's the Star of Bethlehem. That's what it means. Uh-huh. I was like, Oh, that's really cool. And I thought uh-huh. automatically, God... I pray God uses you like the star of Bethlehem to point Mm -hmm, people mm -hmm. to Christ. Like, I always believe that, right? Mm -hmm. And um, people might say, oh, Pilate, you always look into things. But I don't know. I just feel like that's my gift. When I see something, hear something, for me, the meaning just pops up at me. And I believe it. And I live it, you Mm -hmm, know? That's mm kind of just mm -hmm. how I want to live. And, um, okay. So hopefully everyone's with us. Um, and so I'm trying to explain this. But, I'm, with you. Uh, but, I'm with you. Okay. Okay. Good. So the article comes out today, right? And mm-hmm. we're reading the article and it's just so beautiful. It's so encouraging. And then, um, I go outside to my garden and I have like pots of plants and one of the pots, there's this plant called the star of Bethlehem so basically last year yeah like last year I was at the park um foraging so I forage for fun like vegetables or things Mm. that you might think are weeds, but are actually fruit I mean food so I was looking for field garlic in the spring and it kind of looks like a grass but by accident I pulled up this uh other green grass looking thing 'Cause it was kinda like really sprucey and pretty. So mm-hmm. I planted in my pot, thinking, you know what, let's see what comes of it. So recently I got this app. Edward told us. He's actually a seeker in our church. Um mm-hmm. I say that openly because he openly is a seeker in our church and it's someone he's a friend of ours, our community, right? Even though he's mm-hmm. in Cali. But, um, so anyway, so Edwards like, you should try this app. So I got this app that helps you identify. So I've been taking pictures of all my plants lately because I forget their (laughs) names. And I've been taking pictures too. And it's, and it told me this, this thing here is called Star Bethlehem. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. Yeah. So I've been kind of like waiting for it to bloom. I never saw it. Yeah. But anyway, so today, after the article, recap, I go outside. (laughs) And I'm just watering my plants before I get ready for the podcast. And then I see the star of Bethlehem that it bloomed. Because even yesterday was a mm-hmm. bud, you know? And yeah. today mm-hmm. it bloomed. Wow. Okay. So I come inside and I'm like, honey, you know, to Sam. I said, Sam, do you think that's a coincidence? Of course, I didn't think so. But it's yeah. just like so blatant that I'm like, uh, what do I make of that, you know?
4: Right, right.
0: So I'm like, damn. Do you think that's a coincidence that the my flower it's called Star of Bethlehem Bloom? He's like, whoa, so like you know. He's like, it's called that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you think that's a coincidence? He goes, definitely not. With certain definitely not.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so wow. I'm like,
0: oh man. I'm like, so I'm now trying to apply the message, right?
4: Mm-hmm. Like
0: even for me as a pastor, like I'm always learning from God's word and the preaching of God's word. So I'm like, what can I do with this? Like, I don't want to miss this moment because mm-hmm. it kind of matters that it happened today, you know? Yeah. So I take a picture and I posted it and I wanted to make a gospel presentation of it on mm-hmm. my Instagram. So I put a picture and I, because I wanted to share the article, but also like, know when these great articles come out you want it to be presented in a way where people will want to read it where it's not like oh my husband wrote this it's so good or Mm -hmm. you know you wanted to because it's such a it's such great tools of resource for the gospel that you want to kind of you know put a table setting around it you know to make it
4: Mm.
0: you know so that so i actually changed my link in bio to the article and I presented it with this picture and I just made the case that just like the star of Bethlehem 2000 plus years ago was a signpost of our savior of hope and pow- of love and power in a mundane world or something like that, that my star Bethlehem, um, bloomed today to it kind of surprised me with joy. I'm kind of like butchering my own writing, but you know, it surprised me with joy that there's more to this life than what we see, you know, that it surprised mm. me. And I said also, and I, I was so explicit about it and it's so good to, it's like, it's too good to be true, not to share. But today also an article of Starbest and Roe came right. out. Wow. So that's kind of how I put it all together. But I'm sharing that story because it took a lot of steps for me to be that intentional.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, Mm -hmm. there was no like Holy Spirit possessed me in a certain way when I was watering the flowers and I was walking and knew it all along. Like it was almost like raindrops. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a flood like you, Joe, last week (laughs) (laughs) where you're like, what's going on? I don't know. But for me, it was like raindrops, you know, like sprinkles Mm, mm. of raindrops. And I just knew that I didn't want it to dry out before it was shared. Mm. So, and I thought, hmm, I know that I'm very intentional about how I post and what I post. That if it's not explicitly for people to draw close to God, it's a Mm. context to help people to, you know, to something that's more clear. You know, mm-hmm. I and then I thought, I, I, so I said to Sam, I said, hey, honey, do you think that I have the gift of seeing pictures in a certain way that it speaks um, to people to draw them closer to God? He goes, yep, definitely, with certainty again. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yep, definitely. Mm-hmm, I'm like, yep. you no, know, for real. He's like, yeah, no, definitely. And then I was like, also through song, right? He's like, yeah definitely like he's always like yeah i already knew that you didn't know that (laughs) but he didn't say that but i'm always joking but But it affirmed me you know Mm. and i mean part of me i was like i should have known that like what's wrong with me you know i just Mm. say that because i think that's kind of like the process of a lot of people some people you know but Mm. yeah i was like oh and kind of like you joe You said you Mm. felt affirmed and you felt like the weight of this glorious calling, you were able to embrace it, that this is Mm. how God wants to use me. This is how God uses me. I had a moment do an Instagram post and that's, you know, that's one of my platforms, right? That Mm -hmm. I want to use intentionally for the gospel. I had a moment where I was embracing, you know what? This is how God uses me and I want to be used by him. To present the gospel well. No, Mm -hmm. it's not in this lengthy article, uh well written article, but there is a beautiful picture and there are some words that describe a moment of what God is trying to reveal really Himself to others. Mm
2: -hmm. So it
0: was a very powerful, um encouraging moment for me as well.
2: Wow. That's an that's an incredible story. I think for one, it's pretty beautiful in the sense that it all kind of came together in like different times, like from the moment that you picked the flower to like the, like this, this timing is just, you can't make that up. That's just, you can't like fabricate something like that. And it's almost like to me, almost similarly to the passage in Acts, it, it's almost like the Holy Spirit has like kind of given uh I, i'm going to include myself in this given uh, last week but like given us like this <laughs> like presentation and like we just happened to be there and you know i think similarly to like peter it was, like we just happened to be the one spoken to or speaking or how the holy spirit is speaking through um and it's like uh, I, mean, I that ki- that kind of stuff like <laughs> Mm-hmm. is is amazing to me because like you know i i know for certain also that you have these gifts that you mentioned um about like speaking through pictures in such a poignant way and also through worship and music um but it's like sometimes what, what one of the thoughts i have is like maybe sometimes the things that are so obvious to other people is not necessarily so obvious to us yeah. um but it's like for some of us that like are blessed to be on the receiving end of like how the Holy Spirit works through us and through other people. It's like when it all comes together, it's just, it's just so beyond any like logical or rational understanding and clearly so transcendent and like to be able to pick up on that and to live in those things is just such an amazing quality and characteristic Mm -hmm. of like how the Holy Spirit works. I think it's just like stories like that, really confirm for me and affirm for me like wow you like if we are living in a story that our creator and god is you know writing individually for us and us as a collective it's like you really can't make those kinds of things up like i don't Mm
4: -hmm.
2: i don't yeah it's it just it blows my mind a lot
0: (laughs) yeah i felt like and i think there are times when you look back and you're just like Oh, I didn't try to make that happen, but the things that I was saying were the things that mm. I kept repeating. That was kind of mm. the theme of what God was doing. You could kind of see in hindsight. So you don't mm-hmm. always know in the moment, but you could also see in hindsight. Right?
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. yeah, And you know, people might be listening and be like, oh, what's what's my gift? I think that's Oftentimes, the question people ask, and you know, that's important. Like, what's my gift? What's my gift? But I think trying to figure something out that you that may not be apparent yet. Yet, um, I think the question is, how am I living my life intentionally for the gospel? And then looking through times when, um, you know, when you put yourself out there for the gospel. And not just the joy of being able to live for the mission that you risked it, but thinking about how you were able to kind of put yourself out there and what kind of worked and what came through it for you. I think looking in hindsight of those moments of mission and efforts of mission is a good framework to kind of understand how God um, wants to use you and I, instead of kind of just Out of a vacuum, trying to figure out what's my give, what's my gift, because I think that's kind of like the flamboyancy part. A lot of times, it becomes what about me? What about me? What do I get? What do I have to offer the world? And often, kind of without the means to an end of the mission, it often gets lost in translation. So, I think it's important. You know, I'll just tell you this one one more thing. You know. Sally is one of our members of our church, um, and she actually just graduated with so many um, 2020 graduates. Um, but anyway, shout out! But she's a she's a she's a really talented fashion designer, and she makes clothes, right? But mm-hmm. with her gift, I remember like some of my friends sent me some on Facebook, like make these masks for COVID and for hospitals. And I know how to sew, but I'm like, that is not something that I could really give my time to and do well. I knew that. So I really wanted to be part of that, though. (laughs) I really wanted to be somehow, you know, helpful to that class. So I was thinking, like, who can I give it to? Who can I send this to? And I remember I sent it to Sally, and I said, Sally, um, maybe this is something you can do, Right. And so she started making these masks and she makes beautiful clothes, right? Like beautiful justice. Mm-hmm. So she made these masks and started sending it. And so as a result, a lot of people in her church and people in her context that she reaches out to are wearing these masks and are benefiting. So a lot of times we think, Oh, what's my spiritual gift? Like it's not flamboyant. It's not, you know, but we could think practically what, Mm. How is God empowering me in this moment? She normally would not be making masks. She would be designing like evening gowns, right? That's yeah. not really her genre, right? But
4: mm-hmm.
0: in, for such a time as this, she can make masks that are beautiful and that also help others in this pandemic. So I think that's also a picture and practicality of how con- different contexts could bring mm. out different giftings and how it could look a little different at times.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, what you're saying to me, it seems like it all almost all affirms the, the fact that these gifts that we have are and can be used in the service of, uh, God's mission and to, you know, add and restore beauty to things.
0: Yes. At any time, really. Cause spirit mm-hmm. is so dynamic how he fills Mm -hmm. and leads people to, Mm -hmm. he's not limited by the pandemic. He's not limited by social distancing. So the willingness um, to be used by him and to, you know, simply Sam didn't say, you know, I was being filled by the spirit. And then, so I got up and, you know, went to church. He didn't say that. He said he was, the Lord was ministering to him, but he's really speaking about his relationship with God and how he was being filled by him it's Mm. not very flamboyant other than the fact that we have a relationship with the father and the father has given us the Holy spirit on this earth to do his work. So, you know, the question that often gets asked is how do you get filled by the spirit? Right. Mm. I don't know. Maybe that's in your notes. (laughs) (laughs) Often people ask that. And a lot of people in the church ask that question, like how can I get filled by the Holy spirit? And it becomes its own like difficult topic and mystical and it's not that mystical it's just Mm. you in relationship with god the father who gave his son jesus christ um you trusting in the lord you as a follower of christ like he will not deny the spirit You, he will give Mm. you more the more you ask he will give you more of his spirit the bible makes Mm. it clear so you just go spirit um can you fill me So that I may do your work today.
4: Hmm.
0: And you might not feel like how Joe felt last week. You know, it might not be like how Peter or Tongues of Fire. But it is the knowing that God is in us. He lives in us through his spirit. And that he fills us. More, yes. And that's available. But that he leads us. And it's the willingness to follow him and to turn to him. And I just want to say that because there's been a lot of, like, you know, these these cases of, you know, you're not filled by the Spirit yet, you know.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so you need to do this, you need to do that. And, you know, there's a lot of that, like, oh, you don't speak in tongue. Like, for example, like, Sam speaks in tongue. And during a remote service, like during worship, he'll be speaking in tongue all the time. And the kids are always looking at him, you know, because they don't have mm-hmm. the gift of tongues. You know, maybe God will give it to them. I don't know. I don't have the gift of tongues, But there was a time Mm. I wanted the gift of tongues so bad because it seemed like the most supernatural when I was young. Yeah. But it was like one gift that I, like, no matter how much I asked, I didn't get it. Um, Mm. But a lot of people in the church might say, well, that's because, you know, he probably gave it to you, but you probably missed it. Or people say that sometimes, or people will say, well, you probably don't believe that he would give it to you. Like, there's a lot of abuse that's not biblical, right?
4: Mm-hmm. And
0: then, um, and they would say like, oh, are you sure you asked him, asked him? I'm like, yeah, I asked him. <laughs> Someone tried to put a blanket over me, um, like a sister in Christ at some place. I remember she was like, I'm going to pray for you with this. Blanket and the whole the Holy Spirit will give you the gift of tongues. I'm like, wow, this is kind of odd for me, but this is really <laughs> sweet. <laughs> but I didn't get to give the tongues, so it's hmm. not about so much methodology. It's all about relationship with God. Right. And I remember right. one stamps up this to me. He goes, "Honey, I I don't think you need the gift of tongues." I was like, "Why?" And then he was like, "Because you pray so well and um you make sense when you pray to God." Like you connect with God so well, because,
4: mm.
0: and then I thought, oh, really? And I never really thought about it practically, but I had no struggle speaking to God, mm. you know, because when people have to give the tongues, they're able to be ministered to by the Spirit, and there's an there's a um, connection they feel right away. But mm. I don't know whether that's like you know, I I guess. From in his relationship with me, he knows me. So he's kind of speaking into me. I don't want to say it's like the case for everyone, but um and then I remembered that in scripture it says that the spirit gives gifts as he wills it. So he has a mindful decision making process about who gets what mm. and when. And then, then I thought, oh okay, God heard me. If he mm. thinks I don't need it, then I'm going to be okay with that. And he knows that I'm not resisting it. And so, if he wants to give it to me, he will give it to me. So, right. I kind of just let it go. Because there could be an obsession, too, about certain yeah. gifts and all that. Mm. And then some, you know. Right. But I want to focus on the fact that how to be filled by the Spirit is really about our relationship with God through Christ. Mm -hmm. So even for like speakers who are saying, I want to be filled by the Spirit, who have recognized the work of the Spirit in their life and want to now be filled by Him, well, put your hope and trust in in Jesus Christ and Mm -hmm. accept Him as your Savior. And the Spirit of God, the imperishable seed, the very Spirit of God will enter you and will lead your life just as you ask Him, will you come and lead my life? So it is about relationship, not a methodology.
2: Mm. That's really cool, and I say that's really cool because it seems like my my greatest takeaway from uh that previous thought is that some like I guess sometimes we're looking for reasons even to qualify ourselves for the mission of God. Like maybe we. Mm-hmm. Place too much emphasis on the gifting and like what attributes we might have so that we can, um, be ambassadors for Christ. But really what I'm getting from you is that at the end of the day, the qualifying factor really is the Holy Spirit and not necessarily like how well equipped we are with gifts, but it's through the guidance and the discernment of the Holy Spirit. And that is the qualifying, uh, quality that we can have, so that we can do mission.
0: Right. It is the empowerment of the spirit that allows mm-hmm. us to do it well. Yeah.
2: All right. For sure. Thank you so much, Pastor Lydia. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about uh, regarding the sermon, or just in general?
0: No, I think I think that's good. <laughs> no, really? I don't have any uh, anything else. <laughs>
2: okay.
4: But uh-huh.
0: but there is an email available. If mm, you have yeah. any questions for anyone or any comments, or even if you want to leave an encouragement, it's 180 podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> following our podcast will be the ministry song, which was powerful, really just leading people to uh, worship and through prayer of the words of God you know, I love the song that said, it it says this, Oh God, let this be the hour. Um, Let it go forth from here to the nation. And it's such a great way to kind of envision that it's not meant for this and this room, but it is meant for it to go out. It's not insular, but it's missional for a greater, you know, mission and greater purpose. So, And the song is a really powerful song that really, what is the word that kind of walks you through that. So be blessed. And I pray that as you turn to him in relationship or as you turn to him um, to follow him, um, to become a Christ follower, that I know that he will meet you and he will fill you. And as you experience um, that, whether you turn to Christ as a Christ follower for the first time, or as you are encouraged, as you're, as you turn to Christ, you know, message us and let us know. Um, So I think that'll be great encouragement to build up, you know, the ministry mm. and also ultimately God's mission. So yeah, we would love to hear from you. That's it.
2: Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Lydia, for this conversation. and. I know for certain that I'm going to be practicing how to be filled by the Holy Spirit um, and try to keep being filled. I think it's exciting what's going to unfold next.
0: Nine.
3: So as we close today, will you say yes to the Spirit's calling of your life by lifting your hands today where you might be and being filled, the purpose of the filling, The purpose to be missional, to shine the light where you are, what, situated, embedded in culture. In whatever sector, in whatever family, in whatever relationship you're in. You see, when we look at Acts 2, you have to ask the question, what is repeatable and what is not repeatable? Tongues of fire won't happen again. But what is applicable then and there, to here and now, is that the filling of the Spirit and the purpose is to be practical, to be mission, is to empower you to culture in the moment, to present a compelling case of God's love to the world and who Jesus is. And you, if you are filled by the Spirit, will be a powerful witness, as Jesus told them in Acts 1-8, You will be my witness to the the end of the world, to the ends of the world. So will you surrender today? Will you say yes, Lord? Because it's not just a one-day thing, a momentary thing. It's not just an event. It's a perpetual calling every day to be filled by the Spirit of God. Because now he comes to live in us and through us. He's working in us and through us, in us and through us. And if you surrender and you ask to be filled and empty, last week was emptying subplots, this week is being filled by the power of the Spirit to translate the Gospel in all its creativity and make a compelling case to the secular place, to the cultural context of today, that God is living in Jesus, and He has come to restore the beauty not new, so as we worship today, when you say Lord, would you fill me? Work in me and then through me. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.
6: Father of creation, I all so just Bring up the church let
3: for the benediction today be still and know I am God be still and know I am be still and know be still be Let the Shalom of God and the filling of the spirit fill you to make a compelling case for the gospel until next week bye now
5: Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining us for our Sunday service live stream. Before we end today, we have some community news to share with everyone. For the foreseeable future, we will continue to stream our services online every Sunday at 12.30pm, both on YouTube and on Facebook Live. Although we are social distancing, we are encouraging everyone to continue to come together in spirit to hear the word on Sunday. For all of our members, we want to remind and encourage you to continue to tithe faithfully. You can give electronically through Venmo at Church 180, through PayPal at our church website, 180church.tv, or through Chase QuickPay or Zelle at offering at 180church.tv. We have our prayer text hotline available at 5397PRAYER or through email at prayer at 180church.tv. In the midst of everything that is going on the world over, or even just in the corner of our lives, God is there to hear our prayers. And our prayer team is always available so that when you send in your prayer requests, you can know that you are not praying alone, but that you have community right beside you, praying with you. As Jesus said, where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. We also have our Bible reading group, where we post a chapter of the Bible every day. When it's so easy to be tuned in to every news report, it's so important to be tuned in to God's Word because we do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God, which sustains us, gives us comfort and hope, and leaves us grounded in Christ. You can check it out on Tumblr at 180BRG as well as on Instagram at 180BRG. Though we are practicing responsible social distancing in this time, we still encourage everyone to come together in spirit and in small groups. That's a great way to do that. It's a place where we can come together, share our worries, our victories, and our growth in Christ, and see where God is growing us through the circumstances in our lives. Our groups have been meeting in various ways online, so no matter what stage of life you're in, or where you are in the city or beyond, we have a group for you. You can check out our website and email Pastor Billy for information and we'll get you plugged into a group. We also have a number of ways that we can gather and stay connected online. In addition to our Bible reading group Instagram and Tumblr pages at 180BRG, we also have our church Instagram, which you can find at 180church. We also have our church Facebook page, also at 180church. Dr Sammy has his Twitter page at Dr Sammy Kim and we have our church YouTube page at 180 Church NYC where you can find all of our sermons and event videos. And of course, we have the 180 Church podcast with Dr Sammy and friends, hosted by Pastor Lydia and Joe Liu, and centered around a critical discussion of Dr Sammy's sermons, which you can find wherever you find your podcasts. We have started the virtual 180 Cafe on Discord Here you can gather and keep in touch with one another, whether through text chat or voice chat. Discord is a free app to use on your computer or your smartphone, so feel free to drop in at any time. You never know who you're going to find there, but please bring your own coffee. If you check out our website at 180church.tv, you can find a link for the Discord there. That's it for our community news this week. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay connected, and we'll see you all again next Sunday.